It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Track Podcast. My name is Kevin. His name is Gordon. Happy to be back with you. Gordon, once again, is monitoring the YouTube comments. Thank everybody who's tuning in live on YouTube. Gordon also fighting the sun in his eyes once again in this mobile studio setup that we have going. Pretty uh, pretty all over the place rundown that we got in front of us today, Gordon. A lot to talk about. Yeah, you would think that there wouldn't be a lot to talk about in these past few weeks because – after the Diamond League a week ago, you know, there was no big racing. We had a the music, what's it, no, the Ed Murphy classic, but nothing mm-hmm. crazy happened down there. But a lot's happened, even though nothing's happened, which is interesting. Yeah, we're still in that final run-up to the World Championship. So we'll talk about a few news items. We'll discuss the world rankings that just went up via Gordon Mack. Conference free alignment. It's happening. We're going to discuss it. Uh, Seb Coe had an interesting quote that we want to discuss. And, of course, we'll chat about a thing, Mo, and the comments that she might actually skip the world championships. And we'll talk about Gordon Sunburn at some point as well, too. I don't know if that's going to be in the top of the show, the middle of the show, or the end of the show. But we will talk about it. But first, we have a sponsor, Gordon. Wonderful pistachios. Wonderful pistachios. They're sponsoring this pod. Are you looking for a delicious and nutritious snack that packs a real protein punch? Excuse me. Crack into a good source of protein with tasty, healthy, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there, but that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and better-for-you unsaturated fats, which may help keep you feeling fuller longer. And the best part, wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on your summer adventures. So whether you're dropping off the kiddos or running between meetings, fuel up with a healthy and tasty snack. Wonderful pistachios will be your new go-to snack. 
Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. I was eating now, wonderful I was eating wonderful pistachios this past weekend. Floating on the river. It's great. Okay, was that before or after? Because I see this here, perfect for your your summer adventures, where you uh, flew too close to the sun, literally. I mean, it was during. It was the, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was my snack on the river. So if you ever want to go, it's the summer still for a few more weeks or months. You need a, a snack that is easy. It was like the miniature pouch, pouch the pre, uh, mm-hmm. without the shells. So you don't have to worry about the mm-hmm. shells. Just boom, pop them in. It's great. All right, let's get into the show, shall we? I'll let you. You did a good job last time, captaining the ship. You want to do it again? Let's do it. No, you want uh, me to? No, you can do it. Oh, I'll do it. We'll both do it. We'll do it together. It's a podcast. We're teammates. Um, a thing, Mo. Now, when did she make this? When was this article come out? When she hinted that she may not run well, worlds. This is like it was after. This is the problem with our Monday now podcast is. If something happens Tuesday morning, we don't mm-hmm. get to talk about it for a whole week. It's kind of a bummer. It's been a while. It's yeah. been a while. So it feels like old news, but it's still kind of relevant because today, actually, Team USA announced um, their the athletes who are on their team. Uh, they had the official who's going to Worlds. But also on that team, as of right now, is a thing, Mo, who has the bye because she she's defending world champion. But she spoke to Andrew Grief. Um, of the LA Times, Graf, sorry. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Mentioned that she's mulling whether she's going to defend her 800 meter title. Mulling running worlds. People mull whether or not they're going to go to Milleros. I'm mulling whether or not I'll compete at USA's because I have a buy. I'm mulling mm-hmm. if I'm going to run this one Diamond League race here. I'm mulling if I'm going to go to Mount Sac relays. You don't mull world championships, outdoor world. People mull indoor worlds. I get that. But outdoor worlds, this is a big deal. And now it's not 100% sure she's going to do it or not. She still has a chance to make the decision, you know, coming up to the race in a week or so. But the fact that this is even a thought that a healthy, she's not hurt, in her prime athlete, is considering, you know, I've won two global titles in a row. Let's just take a break this year and then focus for 2024. That is wild. What was your first reaction when you heard that she is mulling, potentially skipping worlds despite being healthy and in her prime? I was surprised. And I know it's easy to say, oh, yeah, this isn't surprising. Track athletes they don't have any incentive to compete, but this is the world championships. As you said, this is not Milrose. This is not Mount Sac. This is the world championships. Other than the Olympics, this is it. This is the pinnacle of the sport. And I know it's been a week or so since this happened, but I'm still as confused now as I was then. Now, let me put a couple things out there. I think a thing most great. I think she's awesome. I love watching her race whether or not it's the 800, whether or not it's the 400, whether or not it's the 1500. She's been entertaining her entire career. She's also incredibly engaging. I've always enjoyed watching interviews with her. I've always enjoyed hearing what 
what she says about sport itself and all being in on on other come up um so i don't know if there's obviously got to be an underlying reason here the thing that was the most odd to me was just in the article itself gordon there was nothing it was cursey talking it was not a thing mo talking and there was nothing specific named and cursey now again some of this might have been lost in translation it was almost as if he was talking about it like it was milrose or mount sack he was ah yeah we don't do it we don't do it and then you know paris we'll just move on to paris it's like no hold on stop stop if there's something going on that's keeping her from running that's obviously going to be a big deal and it needs to be discussed let me just pause here for a second and say she obviously you know she has the right to choose what she wants to do and if she's not into running worlds this year absolutely like absolutely everybody or most reasonable people are going to understand that that there's things more important than running but i think it was just the way in which the statement read really confused me and i'm waiting for a clarification on it because you're right there was no injury name but there also was no mention of like hey you know what she just like doesn't want to run for uh she's not motivated to run it this year or like she just that she's got other priorities this year we'll see you in 2024 i think people would be frustrated with that because they're fans of the sport and they want to see the two-time gold medalist run in the 800 but i think at least there'd be an answer to it but the way it was spoken about was if it was any other meet which made me so confused as to what was going on you know as a fan obviously i want to see her run i want to see her race but i also admit i i have no idea what's going on and what's what's motivating that decision we know she's given quotes before in the past about how you know she wants to get into modeling and and didn't know how long she compete in track and everybody i think most people interpret that as like okay she's not a lifer she's not gonna be doing this for 15 years but that's a lot different than not doing it in 2023. Um, and the, the final part, and then I'll stop talking and I'll let you talk. Sorry, I'm going long on this, but I had a week's worth of questions. If she wasn't, the, the thing that confuses me about it is that, what? well, let me back. What did she run it at the USA Championships, Gordon? What event? 15. Yeah. Did she run... The first round, did she run the final? What did she do there? She ran the whole thing and was competitive and almost won. Uh, Nikki yeah. Hiltz did, had a better kick. Did she, yeah, did did a thing Mo need to run both rounds of the 1500? No, she could have scratched. Right. So all this like criticism and critique about she doesn't run enough, and I get that. People want to see the stars run more. She gave us two really good efforts in the 1500 at USA's when she didn't need to, which makes it, makes it confusing. Cause if you're looking at the profile of someone who's just totally checked out, what would you do if you were her? I'll tell you what I would do. I'd run one heat of the 800 and I'd get on a plane back to LA. That's what I would have done. And I would have been gone by day two. I would not have run both again. So I don't know what else is going on there, but there's just so much here that's conflicting and contradictory that makes me, just incredibly confused about the whole situation. So my reaction is has nothing to do with a thing, Mo, because at the end of the day, she decides what she wants to do with her life. She's not, she doesn't owe anyone championship Correct. performances. Yes. She doesn't owe anyone the ability to win, go on a winning streak. She can do what she wants. Right. She can retire. Sure. She can retire for four years and make a comeback. 
you know, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan retired and when he was in his prime and then was like, you know, what? I'm coming back. Like people, athletes are allowed yeah. to, they don't, they're not expected to love the sport the way the fans love the sport. So the thing about yeah. don't run, run. I have no problem with it. But what I do have a problem with is the fact that our sport, this is why our sport is never really going to be as mainstream because the fact that the coach can just willy-nilly say, yeah, worlds, like this should be a big deal. This shouldn't be something that just like comes out of the blue and like it's kind of like swept under the table or swept under the rug. We're like, oh, yeah, we might skip worlds. Yeah, yeah. Next next question. Like exactly if, nonchalant, yeah. <laughs> if we if our sports gonna have any significance, the defending world champion debating on not running needs to be considered a a heavy decision and like a massive moment, not like a, oh yeah, twenty twenty four, and it just kind of diminish it. It diminishes the purpose of a season the purpose of the sport like why are we doing this if like why do these races even exist if we're just like willy-nilly choosing in and out like i'll just show up these aren't invitationals these are the purpose of now again at the end of the day though most athletes are running worlds most athletes are trying to do it right safana san might even attempt a triple so this isn't like a growing concern of like all these athletes just don't care about worlds anymore but oh yeah you're right you're right. There is a little that's, bit of athletes don't care about world indoors. Like that's the thing. Usain Bolt never cared about world yeah, indoors. Yeah, this is different. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is different. But if all of a sudden it becomes – it's one thing to be like, all right, world indoors is not the same as world outdoors. But now if we're saying world outdoors is not the same as the Olympics, then our sport becomes a once every four-year sport. It's yeah. already bad that we have off-year championships when there's no world championships. But if we are more and more just going to say the only thing that matters is 2020, 2024, 2028, 2032, how is a fan going to embrace a sport that they only get to watch one – what is what is 365 one, yeah. times four? One – so the, it's, assuming there's a final, right? One out of 1,460th. So we're supposed to get excited. I'm gonna, what's, we're supposed to care about our sport uh, 0.06% of the time because okay. we have one race every four years. So 0.06 of your viewing time, percent of your viewing time in, in four years, you, you're, you're watching your sport. Like that's stupid. I just don't like the idea that we are now calling world championships – not the same yeah. as the Olympics because it's the same. It's the exact same athletes. It's a global championship. We can't be doing that. It should be, but I don't know if this is going to start a trend. Do you? I don't. I don't think it is. Like I, I don't. I don't think we're going to look back at this in five years and say, "Oh yeah, that was the moment when athletes." First of all, we don't know if she's going to skip it. He just said that she's mulling that decision of whether or not she's going to run it. And second of all, it very few people are in the position have the the prominence in order to make that decision and number three most of the people just choose to do it right like most big time at like this what made this so surprising i couldn't find a historical parallel now maybe someone has and is but i couldn't think of another 
situation. We, we've talked about people skipping big Diamond League meets. We've talked about people, you know, scratching out of USAs when they don't necessarily need to run. But that's different because they're still qualifying to Worlds. And Worlds yeah. and the Olympics, are the, they were the two, they're sacrosanct. You hold them up as like, everybody's going to try to be here on these days, which is why it is so meaningful. Its meaning is derived from the fact that everybody comes and, and shows up. Now, yeah, we shouldn't, oh, go okay, go. I'd say we shouldn't be taking less meaning from more of, of meets. We need to be adding more meaning yes. to more meets. Like it's more we're meets. doing yeah, the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We need, we need a, you know, the whole like four majors type mindset. We need more races that matter, not less. I, she's been, when she, I would see, I would love to hear from her because all this is coming from Kersey. And when she speaks about it and what she wants to do, she's pretty straight up about it. Like in that pivot podcast that she did, like she was not holding back. She wasn't doing, she wasn't talking in generalities. Or circle. Like she straight up said how she felt. And then at USA's, she was asked, why, why do you have a lighter race load this year? And she was straight up about it. She just said, yeah, it's just like way more chill. Like I, I don't think she enjoys racing a ton, even though in her past she used to race a lot. I mean, there's a lot of pressure and expectation that, that comes with it. But I don't know if this is an extension of that or it's something different entirely. My final point is this about Bobby Kersey. He is he has very big name athletes, and he's usually on a lot of these stories, he's the one quoted, right? He's the one talking. Now, normally when you have a coach talk for an athlete, the purpose I always felt behind that was to take some of the pressure, take some of the spotlight, put it in a little bit of generic coach speak so that way. You're still getting their side of it, but also there's less scrutiny. It never seems to happen when he talks about his athletes. It just, whatever he says, no matter what he says, there's just three or four or five days of stories that follow of people like digesting what he said and trying to pick apart meaning. Now, this is the biggest example of that, but there's been ones in the past earlier, whether or not it's about how much uh, Sydney's going to be racing, what she's going to be racing. Can she break the world record? Like all this stuff, it just seems like he just flips the switch on and is like, cool, this, this is how we feel. He could have easily just said, yeah, we're going ahead with it. I want to end, end this conversation on this. Like, a, I know we shouldn't compare track to other sports, but I'm just going to do it. We expect a football player to put in effort. They play – 17 games, maybe one of them they rest because they have a, a bye and then three playoff games. So typically anywhere between 16 to 20 games, we're asking the athletes to care. They have to perform for the public 16 to 20 times a year. In basketball, you know, they take some games off, but playoffs, they perform anywhere between 70 to 100 games a year. So they well, perform for the public 70 to 100 times a year. Yeah. yeah. Football has to perform 16 to 20 times a year. Baseball, they have to perform for the public 160 times a year. Right. Track right. athletes are performing for the public like most of the time four to 10 times a year. Yeah. And, yeah, the, about and right. like, yeah, I mean, listen though, the reason though you get criticism from a team sport from the public is everybody latches on to the same thing. You're letting your team down. You're letting, how dare you do this to your team? This is, but yeah. this is not a team There's sport no team. and yeah. we're, and, and, and the fans aren't 
paying the bills, right? (laughs) They have sponsors that are paying the bills. So nobody, I guess maybe if you're in a country where you're funding the Olympic program, you can make some sort of tortured argument about it. I don't have really much, like, I, I don't follow that argument at all. But in the United States, it's no, it's, they're not, the fans aren't owed anything when it comes to this stuff. But, but if people start walking away from the sport and they're less engaged, right, you have to go back and examine well, why that is. And one of the main things is not just this situation, but situations like it where there aren't as many meaningful competitions throughout the year. And if people start missing more and more competitions, you're not really giving the fans a chance to latch on to anything. Um, but I don't, this just is just such a strange situation for me. I, I hope everything's okay. I, I don't know what is, is motivating the decision deep down. Like the way Kersey's talking about it, it makes me think it's a continuation of stuff that's been discussed before and not something new, but I hope she's there, but I hope she's there and, and, and wants to be there. And then we see her again in, in 2024, but yeah, ultimately I, I, you opened up with a really good point. It's like, if she she's able to make her own decisions. And if there's plenty of people who get into sports and learn that they don't really enjoy that sport. And even though fans enjoy watching them, well, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is you spending your time on this earth, doing something that, that you love to do. I wonder what Keely thinks of this. I think she's like now like, wait, are you going to be there? You're not going to be there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ultimate, ultimate mind game there. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Maybe that's what the whole thing just, was. Let's mess with Keely. Tell her I may not show up. And then she's like, oh, Bobby, no, Bob, Bobby Kersey going next level. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, how many days until the world championships? What are we at now? 19th is the start. So we're 12 days away from the beginning. So, okay. I know you said one last thing like 10 minutes ago, but one other thing that makes this interesting is her decision. She's in a unique position. Her decision impacts basically nobody. Yeah. It only impacts the quota. It only impacts the quota, but that allowed it to to go. It can the decision can drag on even farther. So it technically get all could the have way... impacted one person. Does the sure, defending the quota. champ count? The, the defending champ counts towards the quota. I guess they. Do. I I think they count towards the quota, but whatever. I don't. Okay. I'm not one of those people who are like, okay, run a little faster. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's a bummer, but. Uh, you win the gold medal, you have a right to decide whenever you want to decide. That's just yeah. something that's going to be baked into the sport. This is such a rare situation that I, yeah. I, I, I don't think it's a huge deal. But my point is this. If the, if it, she was regular top three and it was pushing out another American or making another American, forcing them to be in limbo, it'd be a totally different situation. So it's it lines up almost perfectly. This could go on and on and on forever. I guess at a certain point, she's either on the plane or not. I mean, if this was Eugene World Championships, could have waited a long time because it's not even required a long flight. It's like the day before, is she running? Uh, we don't know. I guess they have to process and do that stuff. But it just it's it's perfectly set up for this to, to be extended even further with this mystery around whether or not she's running. All right, one last thing. I know we said that three last yeah, things. I'm done, I'm done after this. I'm done after this. I this swear. is my one last thing. This is, I'm putting on my tinfoil hat. Do you think maybe she doesn't want to run Worlds because she doesn't want to have the buy in 2025? So it gives her – she doesn't have a reason. She doesn't have like – she has an excuse not to run because if she had a buy – if she wins Worlds, that means she's allowed to run 2025 no matter what. So that means her skipping 2025 – looks worse because she's the defending champion whereas she can 
kind of walk away from the sport after 2024 easier because she has no ties to 2025 automatic buys. I know I said I wasn't going to say anything more, but I'm just going to chime in here and say, no, I don't think that any of that makes sense, what you just said. I think that would be on the list of possibilities at the bottom. Let's but move look, on. But if, she, if she were to retire after 2024. That's fine. She had to retire No, no one. Who cares? She's missing. She thinks she's talking about missing 2023 when she has a buy. Why do you think that? Why would it bother her in 2025 if she has a buy? You can okay. retire whatever you want to. No okay, one's going to okay. say, oh, yeah. All right, I'm, ta- I'm taking off the hat. The, 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 the okay. tinfoil yeah. hat's off. Bad, bad tinfoil hat segment. What's next? Okay. Uh, you don't want to talk about this because you don't think it's um, confirmed news, and it probably isn't confirmed. But yeah, there is rumors. Talk about it. But I'm going to talk about it for that uh, potentially Charleston, Kevon Charleston, is hurt at relay camp. Now there's no news on the severity of it. it could just be a minor thing. Um, Kevon Charleston has had probably one of the most incredible seasons in men's sprinting. I would argue that his coming onto the scene this year, winning USA's, is the equivalent of what Fred Curley did, where he was like, hey, guys, I'm going to run the 100. And everyone's like, really, dude? You should stick to the four. And he's like, no, I'm good. And then became what he became. Just like you normally don't see unsponsored, you know, upper 20 age 100 meter men achieve winning USA's the same way you normally don't see a 400 meter runner go on and medal at worlds in the hundreds anyway but Kevon Charleston uh apparently might have been injured at relay camp and you know if that happens here's my question I know it's too late now because team USA has already announced their relay pool but if you have to take him off the relay who would you put on because right now you have Lyles, Coleman, and Curly would be your locks, correct? Mm-hmm. So who would be your fourth guy? I mean, Bracey just – if you want to add someone new, Bracey ran really well this weekend. Yeah, but that's the thing. Bracey has been running well, but Bracey is not on the relay pool. The relay pool um, – Yeah, you asked if I could Brandon add somebody. Brandon Carnes, JT Smith, Kendall Williams. You asked so. if I could add somebody. That's who I would add. If I could just – pick anybody not based on any placing at USA's my goal is just to come up with the best team in two weeks time I would put Bracey on there if there was a spot I would too but they're not doing that so if you had to choose between Brandon Barnes <laughs> JT Smith and Kendall Williams or one of the 200 oh, meter wow. guys who would you put maybe Courtney Lindsay yeah I don't know I think it's for the US's sake I really hope Charleston's okay yeah, I hope, I hope I I I hope there's that that four because I think you made the good point right after USA's about how it lined up perfectly. There wasn't going to be any controversy because Lyles it's made an it in the four. one and yeah. the two. Yeah, Curly had the bye. You could make an argument Knighton or Bednarik or something on a curve could be you know an intriguing possibility, but it, it those four made made perfect sense. So hopefully for the US that four stays intact. You know who I want them to put on it? Grant Holloway. Exactly. Grant Holloway. Yeah. You, maybe, Grant Holloway maybe could that's be a... 70 years old. Grant Holloway could be well into his master's career. And you'd be like, yeah, you split 43 one time. I know, dude. You remember that Florida? Florida he won, won the indoor. He did the straightaway sweep. He won the, the 60 hurdles and the 60. You guys know about Grant Holloway? 
Keep going. Uh, speaking, What's next? Uh, uh, team USA was announced. Uh, all the top three people that we expected are all on the team. There wasn't any notable scratches. Like, obviously, a thing Mo did not take the 1,500-meter spot, and that 1,500-meter spot went to Sinclair Johnson. But there was one big question mark, or technically two big question marks for Team USA, was would um, Sean McGorty, McGorty and Natasha Rogers <laughs> get their 10K spot? Because – as of the end of the world championship qualifying period, both of those, uh, McGordy and Rogers, were on the outside looking in because of that cross-country people getting s- slots in the 10K. But it looks like enough people ahead of them scratched that both Rogers and McGordy were able to get in via filling the quota, uh, which allows the true top three in the 10K at USA's to all have a spot, which means Rogers and McGordy both have the 5K, 10K double. It would have been Krisha Schweizer who would have had the 10K spot. It would have been um, Grant Fisher who would have had the 10K spot, but both of those athletes are going to have to uh, run at pre or you know post-Worlds to get another fast time in. Um, but yeah, thoughts on that, McGordy and I'm happy that they got in. I'm, it, was, it would have been bullshit if it was some weird – cross-country result that knocked out one of our top three guys and or women so i'm happy about that yeah yeah i think it makes a lot of sense just they're one of the top ten thousand runners so it makes they'll be at the meet right i know that you can't do that you can't apply that rule to every single athlete otherwise everybody you can say i am one of the top five thousand ten thousand meter runners in the world, but McGordy and, and Rogers clearly are. And I wonder if they're going to revisit the cross country thing moving forward. Cause that seemed to be more trouble than it was worth in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. All the other athletes in relay pools, what we thought it's very anticlimactic. Yeah. We had worlds like had July meet. 4th. Had meet to we had USA's on July, July 4th. And USA's. July yeah. USA's. And then yeah. a whole month later, we're making an announcement. Look, who's going to team USA. It's like, we kind of, it's, we had the meet a month ago, but yeah, they, anyway. they saw your chart. They know what's up. Yeah, they saw the chart. Yeah, they saw the chart. Uh, other news: NCAA's. This has become a very like newsy podcast. We're not really conversing. I like it. It's just like a no. Rundown. I like com- I like commenting on the news. I like commenting on okay. the news. People turn to me for my opinion on the news. So this is good. All right. So I'm gonna hit you with the. We're gonna talk about this conference realignment stuff in question form. So conference realignment, for those who don't know, the Pac-12 is basically screwed. They're all getting – they're all leaving. Everyone left the Pac-12. Uh, Colorado has gone to Big 12. Oregon, Washington has gone to Big 10. Arizona State, Arizona, Utah, Big 12. There are now rumors that Stanford and Cal may go to the Atlantic Coast Conference. California University. Is it University of California or California University? University of California. You see, which is literally on the Pacific Coast, maybe yep. in yep. the Atlantic Coast Conference. Just shows that yeah. NCAA conference is wild. Anyway, but Stanford and Cal may go to ACC. I mentioned Washington, Oregon, the Big Ten. What new school matchup are you most excited about, and and in what event? All right, you're looking at this from a positive angle, which yeah. I appreciate you doing. This is a track podcast, 
So I guess we're looking at it from the track perspective yeah. because from the football perspective, as someone who grew up on the West Coast, I absolutely hate this. It has bothered me for days. Uh, <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. I think lighting all this tradition that we had on fire just because 10 years ago, some conference commissioner made a bad TV deal. It's just a horrible place to be in. I understand all the money at stake, but it just still just leaves you with just a empty feeling. Now you're what asking worse? me. What is worse, Oregon going to the Big Ten or Oregon tearing down Hayward Field? You know, it's funny you mention that. I th- was thinking about that exact combination the other day when this announcement came. And I said, if you had told me in 2014 or 2015 – there would be no Hayward Field and there would be no Pac-12, I would have thought you lost it. I would have thought you were crazy. Like that just did, like you think you can count on some of these. Now I know there's a new Hayward Field. I get it. And Oregon's still going to play football games. They're going to play against Washington and Autzen Stadium's still there and all that stuff. But I just, I grew up watching the conference. I lived in Tucson for a few years. So I obviously lived in LA for a few years. It just, I'm not the guy beating his chest, like chanting, for my conference. I think that's weird. I think you cheer for teams, not conferences, but I just, I hate it. And the one thing that gets, the big thing that's overlooked here is sports like track and field. Yeah. The non-revenue sports, the Olympic sports. And what's the main complaint about it? Travel, 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 travel. Now cross country track. They're not traveling a ton. Do they? But the distance people go to California. The sprinters will go to Florida. The so, cross country runners will go to Wisconsin or Indiana. Like when it comes to track, you don't compete the, enough where you go to where you need to go. There's no like yeah, your conference dual meet third, schedule. Yeah. Yeah. There's no Wednesday night. Oh, Washington's going to go against Rutgers in volleyball. So, or Washington's going to go against Rutgers in volleyball. Like that's just not going to, that I don't think it's going to happen uh, in, in track and field. Okay. So what new matchup? So I was intrigued by the fact – so Big 12 obviously now gets four more teams, right? Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State are all being added. I thought the additions before that, we talked about this before, with BYU and Houston made it a very intriguing conference because you added one of the best sprint programs and one of the best distance programs to a conference that already had – some top teams now Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, but throwing in Colorado there makes that distance meet pretty interesting. I mean, the sprints will still be good, but you have Colorado, you have BYU, you have Oklahoma state, you have Iowa state as well. And there's other teams, obviously like Utah has been really good on the women's side. Yeah. Uh, So that was, that, that was sort of interesting. I guess, I mean, the Big Ten is just ridiculous now. USC, UCLA, and I, mean, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I can't put my, I can't wrap my head around it. And how much does it matter? How much do they care about conference meets? I know coaches care about it because they're reviewed based on conference championship meets. But if you get seventh in this new Big Ten, does that is that is that is that better than third in the old Pac-12? Like how yeah, are they going to structure the- this? At the end of the day, I mean, we have it happens so often where like Florida will get third at the SEC and then win the national championship because right. track, so and I don't know how much field scoring is weird at a conference level. 
I'm just excited for seeing like Jerry Schumacher now going up against Wisconsin. And you have Oregon, Washington, and Wisconsin, three big distance juggernauts all now in the same conference. Now, yes, you lose the Stanford there. I mean, you but had... basically it took, it took all – because you looked at Stanford. I mean, Pac-12 is like you Colorado, Stanford, Washington, and Oregon. Yeah. Arguably four of the top ten distance programs. And right. now they're all spread out, and now they're all attacking Big Ten and Big 12, and Stanford might go up against – I mean, seeing an NC State versus Stanford women cross-country dual meet – not dual meet, but like dual meet style championship because – NC State dominates ACC, right? Sure, North Carolina tries to fight. Virginia Tech might have a good whatever. But NC State women, they, you know, it's not even a, a test. But now you put in the Stanford women, if they're if they're having a good year, that makes that, you know, I want I want the one conference I like most of all conference championships. And it's a bummer because this conference isn't really going to be a thing anymore. But my favorite conference championship to watch every year was the West Coast Conference men's cross-country championship because he had BYU in Portland, throwing a little bit of a Gonzaga, but really it was BYU in Portland. And it was just fun seeing like a dual meet between two great programs. BYU normally would win a lot, but Portland could hold their own sometimes. Just seeing that matchup was really fun. And I like it now that the best teams of the Pac-12 are all going to be now making it harder for Wisconsin to dominate the Big Ten, making it harder for Oklahoma State and Iowa State to own the Big 12, making it harder for oh. NC State to own ACC. Yes, it's just one race that really doesn't mean anything because everyone just cares about nationals at the end of the day. But it's fun now. I don't know. It'd be fun to see Stanford, NC State, at ACC cross country. I don't know. Sue me. I'm excited. They're gonna need that. a bigger. They're gonna need a bigger start line. I just. Yeah, I don't know how much it matters. I just it means, don't know how it much. It matters absolutely nothing. It means nothing. I, I, no, but it does the a Big Ten title means more now than it used to, wouldn't you say? It means your team's even better than it was before. I'm sure there's some sports and some conferences where it shook out to where it's basically the same because maybe the programs they added in those sports aren't that good. But like winning a Big Ten title now in cross country when you have to beat your old the old Big Ten teams plus you have to beat the new additions. Yeah, it it, it means more. But I'm saying for the teams who don't win, what are the it's just a diff- you're being graded on a different scale now with these super duper. Co- I mean, literally, there's 18 teams. <laughs> yeah, think about that. 18. That's that's gonna help those cross country teams prepare for regionals and nationals because it's gonna be able to get used to running in bigger crowds. Helps them out with that. Yeah. It no, you're for for track though. It's gonna be harder to make the conference meet. Right? Oh my gosh, the conference meet's going to be seven weeks long. Like, what are we doing here? How long is that meet going to be? There's going to be eight teams in a meet. Be able to, yeah. I mean, how but that's going to be fours. a sticking point. 18 teams in a four by four? There's going to be three heats yeah. of the four by four. For how, are they gonna do indo- how are they going to do indoors? How's that going to work? Yeah, how do they do indoor? Six. It, Big 10 indoor four by four. How are they going to do that? That's a good point. So that's the biggest. So big- Winners and losers. The losers is the seventh best four by four program in the Big Ten now because they won't be able to be on that that final starting line. So the Big Ten indoors used to do it. I don't know if they still do, but I commented one. They do their four by four in a unique way. They look at the team scores and they put 
the top teams based on team scores in the same heat. And I think that's half the field. And then the other half is based on seed time. So they try to make it this exciting culminating event where the team title could be on the line. You're not just comparing times, but yeah, you better get extra. I don't know. Book extra hotel rooms in Geneva, Ohio, or wherever you're going for Ann Arbor, wherever, wherever big 10 indoors is going to be. I I just, you know, when A&M goes to the SEC, it's okay, cool. Like, not really. Like, I, you lose something, right? Texas can't play Texas A&M. Like, that's not fun. But those were small things. Just when you drop an entire one of the five biggest conferences, tradition uh, is what makes college sports cool. That's what makes it – that's what separates it from the professionals is they have Rick, this element of, of tradition. Rick Pitino uh, – famous uh, college basketball coach, he tweeted something that could have just solved the problem. He's like, we get it. Money matters for conference realignment, and that's why they're doing it. But maybe there needs to be two tiers. There needs to be football conferences and then all other conferences. So, like, sure, Big Ten, do your 20 teams. But Pac-12, you still exist for all the Olympic sports. Big Ten normally, you know, so you just keep it. But the reason why you can't do that, though, is money. football pays for all money. those Olympic sports is travel. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd need to figure out how to fund the, the conference infrastructure itself. Isn't that essentially what BYU's been doing? They're independent in football and then their West Coast conference in the other sports. Isn't that yeah. right? And then, but no, now they're all going no, to be Notre, yeah. yeah. But Notre Dame, ACC, I mean, yeah. For uh, other sports and independent in football. Haven't liked any of it. I liked it when Big Ten – or sorry, Pac-10 was Pac-10 too. But, again, right. it's been a rough couple years of, for tradition for me as it pertains to college sports. Uh, next topic. We're not going to dive deep into this. I'm just – it's more of an announcement. We're just making an announcement. The announcement is World Rankings, mm. the Flow Track Edition. They've been updated. The women are now updated on our website, flowtrack.com. Check it out, slash rankings. The men will be updated either later tonight or tomorrow morning. Uh, And I did rankings top 15, regardless if you're going to Worlds or not. Because I think someone – it is not fair to say Aaliyah Hobbs is not a top 10 100-meter runner in the world. She is. She said didn't run well at USA's. Doesn't all of a sudden mean that someone from another country is a better 100-meter runner than you because you didn't finish top three in the U.S. So – and same thing with the distance in Kenya and Ethiopia and all that. So it's top 15, regardless if you're going to Worlds or not. The only criteria is you had to have competed in the event this year. So I don't rank Sydney in the 400 hurdles because she has yet to run it this year. Oh, so I see. That's the... what I was going to ask you about. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But here, let me, like let me you bring something up, though. Yeah. Comment on some of them? Go, well, no, go see the, the rankings. But I want to talk about relevant event decisions because these teams are getting announced. Femke Bowl is only listed in the 400 hurdles. So that leaves the 400 down uh, a superstar. So Sydney, Britton Wilson, Paulino, Adeleke in there. I just wanted to follow up on that because we've been talking about decision day and, oh, my gosh, look at all the possibilities. And it's settled now. Everybody has made their intentions clear between the women's 400 and women's 400 hurdles. Does it feel anticlimactic? You've been talking about that for an entire year. Yeah. 
not an entire year because I didn't know Britton Wilson was going to run that fast until March. So I've been talking about it since March. So I've been talking about it for five months. Please don't mislead the listeners. Um, it's still pretty okay. Well, four hurdles. Congratulations, Femke Bowl. You just won a gold medal. Uh, the but the four hundred is cool. Like it, it could have been better, but it also could have been worse. I think Sydney choosing the four hundred is more interesting to me than her choosing the four hurdles. Paulino going sub 49 makes that a little more interesting. And I want to see what Wilson does and at, at, at as well too. So the 400 could have been a little bit better, but still way better than I thought at the beginning of the year Four hurdles um, is Femke's to lose. Obviously. We'll dive deeper into world rankings and our predictions on next Monday's podcast. Cause that will be our major preview podcast. Uh, other certain news, man, this, I feel like a, like a news anchor. I don't like this. I don't like being yeah, in like, control like, of the, the the news. I like it when you take over, Kevin. No, you're doing great. I think you're doing great. Keep going. Uh, pa- Paul Ehring of UTEP famously coached, famously held the NCAA 800 meter record, coached Emmanuel Career, Michael Saruni, um, Jonah Kowek in the past few years. He's going to Texas A&M to be the mid-distance coach, which if you could hire any 800-meter mid-distance coach to go to 800-meter U, which is what A&M is, it's Paul Ehring. And Paul Ehring, I think, is going to keep that program going. I mean, the greats have come out A&M with the Braziers, yeah. Moe's, uh, Millers, Watsons, it's uh, Jasmine Frey's. It's endless amount of yeah. great 800-meter running. They get Paul Ehring. We're going to see some – and his recruiting, he's going to recruit some really fast 800-meter runners. Texas A&M 800 is going to be, is going to be quick. It's going to be good. No, I'm excited. Yeah, it, it's hard to believe they can get any better than they are just because they recruit really well and they also do a good job once they're there. This reminds me, though, of NCAAs when we saw Paul airing in the media area and you had thought he had gone to Tennessee because he had a T – on his polo shirt. And then I looked at it and I was like, that's kind of surprising. Why would he switch in the middle of the season? And then I realized it was a T for UTEP and you were pretty confused. I just want to let the listeners in on that moment of nice Gordon Mack uh, analysis. Did you forget that? Did you forget that? That's that's the first thing I thought of when I saw the announcement. I was like, man, Gordon was, Gordon was right. He was leaving. He just got the time, the place and the school all wrong. But other than that, I got the letter, right? I got the letter. Yeah, exactly. It was a T. There was a, there was a T in the conference, right? It was SEC and a team that starts with letter correct. T. So correct. Good job. Uh, one. I mean, you see this quote. Seb Coe talked yeah. about how hosting Worlds in Eugene was not ideal, based on losing the marquee time slot for the European audiences. What are your thoughts on Seb Coe? Kind of not saying such great things about Eugene hosting worlds. Well, it was about the time slot though, correct? Yeah. Okay. So did the time zones change between when Eugene was awarded the bid and when the meet took place? Let me do my math. Uh, the leap year that one. Nope. Time, time zones. Oh, they did daylight savings change. Nope. Okay. Nope. It was the exact same time zone. Yeah. So what are we talking about here? What are we talking about? This is totally known. We knew this was going to happen. We knew this was going to be an issue. Just in the same way you could say, well, U.S. rank ratings are going to be down when the meet is going to be 
in Europe or when it's in Daegu or when it's in Tokyo. Yeah. Of, of course, this was Women's it. Now, if you want to make it in the middle of the night for us. Right. And it's very, very hard to watch, even for people who are very interested in the event. It just requires a certain level of sacrifice that most of the sporting viewing public is not going to participate in. So I was a, not I'm not surprised because they're having to review it. I looked at it more in the context of it's mentioned in the top of the article about how Eugene was supposed to kickstart this track and field renaissance in the United States. And you and I last year before the meet both said, slow down. Everybody needs to slow down. Yeah. This is not going to change anything. It's going to be an awesome meet that's in the US. Maybe four or five years ago, you could have, could have convinced me. But then there, between that, there was four or five years of pretty much everything staying the same in the world of track and field to know that this wasn't going to jumpstart anything new as it pertains to the sport in America. Yeah. It was kind of weird. I mean, it made you think like, is USA never going to host a world again as long as Sebco is in leadership at World Athletics? Obviously, they're going to host LA for the Olympics. But yeah. That was my one concern is like, is now USA just out of the question for any future hosting of global championships because of the time zone? And they care so much about the European audience. It was going to be out of it because you weren't going to put it back in Eugene and where else are you going to put it? How many stadiums do we have that could do it? We've done this exercise before. Well, LA. Boyne, Sacramento. Yeah, but that requires a lot of infrastructure. I mean, that's a temporary track inside of a a, a stadium. Like that's not – it's not like permanent infrastructure. Well, I was thinking that potentially People are going to bid in LA? Yeah, but who's going to, who in LA is going to put together this massive bid and – get together everything that needs to be pulled together to to host this thing. I just don't. Well, I just think I, yeah, I, but there's like a trend would need that to, people who host the Olympics host worlds like a few years later. Sure. Okay. And maybe that's maybe that's one possibility. Uh, the time zone is the same time zone. I just want to get this out there to people watching at World Athletics. The time zone is the same in LA as it is in Eugene. So if you're mad about the time zone in 2022, you're going to be mad about the time zone when you do it in LA if you do it. I just think it makes more sense when there's a bid attached to a city that's already hosting things or hosting USAs and hosting big events. And what that's been Des Moines, that's been Sacramento, that's been Eugene. I know Mount, maybe it'd be Mount Sac. I don't know the, the specs on everything. So maybe it's not LA, but it's LA. I don't know. I, I don't know if they have um the stadium specs to pull it off i mean people always name these big cities and then you say okay at what track and who's putting it together and then it gets really quiet after that because i mean the, the place i think that would be awesome to do it but it won't happen is Penn. yeah and, and, it, and it won't happen at Penn because it again it doesn't meet all the requirements that you need for Dude, a world the world championship Penn stadium would be sold out there would be 50,000 people every night. Yeah. It, it would be great. And, and you got you to gotta balance that with uh, the railing and all this other stuff that's like who – I just put on awesome races and people get pumped up about it. Um, I know that they're not going to do that. But also Penn has dedicated people who are working year-round putting on meets at Penn, foremost among them. The pen relays, which everybody 
pretty much when they go do it, they love it for the atmosphere and the environment. Like that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a situation. And obviously Drake, that works because you have the Drake relays. You have that infrastructure in there. But I, I think Penn would be cool. You and I have talked about that before, but I, I doubt that would ever come up just because of the technical hurdles. Yeah. One last story. This happened again. It oh, happened. No, Somalian runner. No, not Sunburn. Oh, we'll talk about Sunburn. You want to talk about Sunburn? Let's talk about the Sunburn. Okay. I I went floating in Texas. It's hot. Throw up the picture, Tyler. And God. I burnt myself. <laughs> it's just a little burn. It's just a little there's little bubbles going little. Pull up little the comments. Burn. I wanna I wanna see the com I want you to read the comments while this is happening. There, pull up YouTube. Comments this are is, no one's saying anything. No, pull it up. They're about to say something. People are going to comment. I had a visceral reaction to this. This made my skin hurt. Look okay, here's the thing. I put on sunscreen. I just forgot to reapply. And I was on the water for five hours, eating wonderful pistachios. Sponsor of the podcast. Thank you very much. Wonderful pistachios. Love you. They don't do a good job at protecting your skin, though, apparently, because I did not do it. Yeah, but I got a lot of pain on my left shoulder because it's starting to, like, Boil, I don't know if boil is the right word to say for skin, but blister, it's getting pretty bad. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to be all right. But the lesson I learned is putting on sunscreen once in Texas, 110 degree weather, you need to do it like every 30 minutes. And I didn't do that. You don't need to do it every 30 minutes. Or 40 you minutes, need to an hour. Reapply. Just put a shirt on, man. Yeah. Just, just put a shirt on. I should just put you a should shirt be putting on. a shirt. You just put a shirt on. You solved well, your face isn't that bad, obviously. So just I know put I had a hat. On your face. I had okay. a hat. I sunscreen my face in a hat. That was like my face was entirely shaded the entire time. So long time listeners of the pod know there was a time when Gordon said he quote didn't believe in sunscreen, and <laughs> we could never understand that statement. And then we got him to use sunscreen. He wasn't wearing a bike helmet, and then I got him a bike helmet after he crashed. And to my knowledge, he still wears it. Do I need to get you sunscreen? Is that where this is going? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Maybe I, I can get a, is there a sun, sunscreen of the month club? So you just get inundated with sunscreen? Here's the thing. Even though I like am dealing with the punishment of not wearing enough sunscreen, I'm still kind of going to be like, because ah, it's not fun to be covered in oil. It's just not a good feeling. I don't like it. You know, what are they saying I in the comments? More about the present than the future. Of Please read the comments. Sunday. Please read some uh, of the comments. <laughs> that looks scary. Jesus Christ. Damn, that's the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Is that a... Oh, no, I'm not reading that one. Uh, Gordon, aloe vera. People are saying it looks like an STD. It's not. It's, it's sunburn. Buy him a UV shirt. Gordon should put on a shirt on. He already has a dad bod. Whoa. Tom. Whoa, whoa. I'm just, I'm just catching Gordon's strays right fit. here. I'm, I'm, Gordon's trying my best. I'm trying to dunk a basketball. And if he's I, not if a we dad. took that photo two years ago, episode 300 of this podcast, it would have been a lot worse. Uh, anyway. Yeah, sunscreen. Thanks, people, for weighing in, I think. I don't know. I don't know if that was the best idea. Uh, yeah. All right, we good? We're doing preview yeah, pod next week? We're doing preview pod next week. Yeah, preview pod next week. I'm gonna make all my predictions one through eight in every single event. No, you're tune not. in. Yeah, you're just gonna read off my rankings. That's what you're gonna do. 
No, I'm not going to yeah. read off your rankings. That's it. Uh, thanks everybody am, for tuning in. I am excited though for when the odds come out because I'm excited to gamble. Oh, the there's been some. I've seen there's some. odds already. I've seen some odds. Really? Yeah, I've seen some. I found some. Where? Or some were some were sent to me. I, I don't know where it was. I, what was someone, the odds? Sent what some. was it? Tell me. Tell me. There was a lot of different ones. There was a what? different one for the different. Tell events. me a odd. Give me a right, odd. Let me see if I can find it. Let me find the odds. them to me. We get, yeah. Okay, hold on. Who emailed, hold on hold why on, are they emailing on. you odds? It should be emailing me odds. You're not betting. No. You won't even bet I'm like deep. a dollar against me on like Because I win. Uh, men's 100. This is from uh, Fred Curley plus 200. Wow. What, what is – Coleman Col, Coleman is plus 1,600 on this. Dude. Coleman is – That's my pick. I'm doing Coleman that. is listed ninth. Coleman is behind Marcel Jacobs and Omanyala and Sambine. Yeah. Noah Lyles is the number two favorite. These might be gone by now. Uh, Ingebrigtsen, minus 650 in the 1500. Foreign Hurdles, Warholm, minus 500. Um, do you want more? What's what's Sydney in the 400? I don't, I'm not, I'm just looking at screenshots. Okay. Women's 100. Fraser Price is the favorite, minus 110. So oh, Alfred, bad. she of, of the big five, Alfred is fifth. Plus twelve hundred, so that's an option. What's Tulu? Tulu is second. She's plus three hundred. Dang, I was hoping. But you could probably Shakari's probably. I'm surprised Shakari. People will be betting on Shakari. No, Richardson plus six hundred. Jackson is plus five hundred. Again, these might be plus six hundred. It's really good. These were emailed to me on the 29th of July, so they they might have changed by now. Yeah, all those well, Katir fans there slamming, slamming that pit play. The plan is a hundred dollars per event, starting August nineteenth. Use I, the money to buy some aloe vera. Yeah, that's the plan. My people right. can contribute to my aloe vera fund. All right, thanks for listening. Like and subscribe. Thanks, we'll Tyler. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. Tyler. Especially in the evenings, six p.m. We'll be one more evening show next week on Monday. And then we'll be back to doing podcasts after every World Championship Day. And a special announcement next week. Right, Kevin? Yep. Special announcement next week. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Big announcement. Stay tuned. Could be big anything. It's a big Tune one. Tune in. Gordon. Gordon. Locked up it's a It's the biggest announcement deal. we've had on this podcast. Whoa. All right. Let's end the show. See you guys. Take care.